0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per
1: line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Issues 2023. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Tracy Kennedy, Executive Director, Catholic Charities of Wichita. Welcome to Issues 2023. Nice to have you with us.
2: Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm very glad to be with you this morning.
1: You're new on the job. <laughs> how did you get yes. to this? How did you get to this position?
2: Sure, sure. So I've been at Catholic Charities for about 10 months now. Um, Previous to my time here, I worked at St. Thomas, which is a local Catholic parish. Um, And so I've been very familiar with the work of Catholic Charities over the years. And when my predecessor decided that it was time for her to retire, I thought, well, that's something I want to look into. Um, You know, I figured I could kind of just... um, write out my my future working years, but I decided I wanted to do something and make a true impact and difference.
1: Well we talk about Wendy Glick, your predecessor. That's gonna be a tough act to follow, don't you think?
2: Y- yes, <laughs> yes. And uh, I have noticed that already. She did wonderful things for the agency and really the um the position that the agency is in now, which is um great, uh, we're just in a great position, is because of Wendy. So I commend her for all of her hard work and the strategies she put behind everything.
1: So your background, I, you told me off the air you're from Omaha, but around KU, <laughs> And then uh, what did you do before you came then down to Wichita? Anything?
2: Sure, sure. So my first job was actually in Wichita. I graduated from KU with just a undergraduate, liberal arts undergraduate degree with an emphasis in nonprofit management. So over the years, I've worked um, at different nonprofits here in town. My first job was for American Cancer Society, and that's what brought me to Wichita. Um, I've also had the opportunity to work in the for-profit world as well. Okay. So um, I, nonprofit, I guess, has always just been in my heart.
1: Can you uh, can you describe the work of Catholic Charities in one or two sentences for us?
2: Sure, sure. So, um, when people ask me that, what I like to tell them is that we serve the people who are in the most need; um, those people who are experiencing poverty, abuse, homeless, homelessness, or living with a disability.
1: Okay. Geographically, do you serve just Wichita? Then.
2: No, we don't actually. We are affiliated with the Catholic Diocese of Wichita, um, which spans a 25 county area of the state in south central and southeastern Kansas.
1: That's going to say it goes down clear to southeast Kansas as well, doesn't it?
2: It it does, yes. Yeah.
1: Now, how, Tracy, how many people do you think you serve in a year's time? At Catholic Charities and all the things sure. that you do.
2: Mm-hmm. So, last year, our fiscal year runs July 1 through June 30th. And so, last fiscal year, we provided um, just more than 113,000 individual services. And that equaled about 13,000 um, people.
1: Good gracious, that's a lot of people. And, uh, it is a lot of people. Lot of and, in-
2: and the demand is only
0: growing. <laughs>
1: yeah, impact, impact on a lot of families, right? Mm, most, definitely, most definitely. Let's talk a little bit about. Hunger. It's. uh, Tell us about uh, our daily bread food pantry to kick off here.
2: Sure, sure. So our Daily Bread Food Pantry is one of our core ministries here at Catholic Charities, and um, clients can visit us once a month uh, to um, get food for their family. It's a client choice model, which basically means um, the people who visit us get to actually shop for the foods that they think their families will like. Um, We think that's really, really important when we are trying to preserve the human dignity of the individual, is to allow them to choose what they would like to feed their family
1: so how how do you put the, the the stuff on the the bread on the shelves at the pantry uh sure do you have to mm-hmm. go do you have to go buy that uh, retailer how's that work
2: um, not retail we do have a partnership with the kansas food bank oh. and we have a lot of community support uh, partners who support us with in-kind donation drives
1: uh does catholic charities do anything special around the holidays i'm sure you do <laughs>
2: Oh, yes, most definitely, and and things are buzzing around here right now. So um, specifically at our shelters, we have Santa visit both shelters and at ADS. We have Christmas parties. Um, We want Christmas to be – like it is Christmas at home for our families and um, the adults and children who are in our shelters. So one thing we do year after year is we collect donations of home goods or anything that adults and, of course, toys for children need. And then we allow those who are staying with us to actually um, shop, have a shopping experience and go into a little store and get to shop for toy- for gifts for their family.
1: Okay, uh, that's uh, Christmas. Anything around Thanksgiving or any of the other holidays?
2: Well, we, anytime we have anybody in shelter, we try to replicate a home environment as much as possible. So on Thanksgiving, we have Thanksgiving dinner, just like you would at home. Right. Um, we want people to be comfortable. Um, and, and quite honestly, when people are in shelter, um, the people who are there with you become family as well.
1: Tell us about uh, St. Anthony Family Shelter, Tracy?
2: Sure, sure. So St. Anthony Family Shelter is an emergency homeless shelter for families. Um, We are the only shelter in town specifically for families. Um, People stay typically for 30 to 45 days, just enough time for us to get them on their feet, um, possibly and hopefully um, obtain stable housing, um, employment and things like that.
1: Now, and how do you how do you select the families? I mean, how, how do you know who's going to be in the shelter? How do they right. come? To, so, how do they come to you?
2: Sure, sure. Most people who come to us are people who are on the brink of homelessness and they just can't afford to live. For example, we might have a family who gets an eviction notice because they have chosen to pay for child care so they can work instead of paying for their rent, and so. Um, those are the people that come to us. I, uh, we have 13 rooms at Saint Anthony Family Shelter. We are always full, and we're turning turning away six to 10 families every day.
1: Wow. Uh, how long? Mm-hmm. And again, how long do families usually stay in the shelter?
2: At Saint Anthony, it's about 30 to 45 days, since we are categorized as an emergency shelter.
1: And then uh, you you do your best to find. A new place for them to go, I I suppose, right?
2: That is correct. That is correct. So we have partners in town that that help us, different landlords. Um, And, you know, the key there is finding affordable housing, something that our families can actually sustain once they are out out on their own again.
1: Um, Is our community doing all we can to help the homeless? That calls for well,
2: that is a hot topic, (laughs) (laughs) and um, that
1: is calls for you to make an opinion. But what do you think? Yes, yes.
2: (laughs) So um, you know, I think that from what I have seen um, in our community, we have excellent service providers who are doing a lot of good work. We already work together and collaborate, um, but I do think, and, and we are working together to find a longer-term, more collaborative collaborative approach to to the homeless situation. And there's all different levels of homelessness, um, Steve, if you will. We have our brothers and sisters who live on the street. We have the people who come to us at St. Anthony Family Shelter. So trying to look at all the different um, facets of that is quite complicated.
1: I know. I, you've just, I think you hit the nail on the head, if I may. This- it is uh, I've been watching this for the past I don't know uh, now 15 20 years of the it's been developing and mm-hmm. uh, there are a lot of people working on it and a lot of pieces to the puzzle but it it's not easy because every it seems to me every homeless case every person's a, a unique individual with unique problems
2: That's exactly right. And um, the people in our community probably think of those who are living on the street as homeless. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of those individuals are dealing with mental health issues or addiction issues. And so that just um, provides, you know, a pretty tough barrier to overcome those things before we can even address the homeless situation.
1: Yeah, And I look at Catholic charities. uh, You don't have to be a Catholic uh, to get help from Catholic charities. No, (laughs) no. No,
2: we like to say we serve because we are Catholic, not because the people we serve are Catholic. Um, Catholic Charities actually means love universally, and that's what we try to do. So we serve everybody and anybody within our 25-county area.
1: Here's another problem that I've been watching for several years, and that's a problem in the community, domestic violence and sexual Mm -hmm. abuse. And this this is where Harbor House takes the lead, right?
2: That is correct. So we have a ministry called Harbor House, which is a domestic violence shelter. Um, we also have outreach programs through Harbor House. And yes, it is definitely something that um, is an ongoing problem, and, and the problem is actually growing. Last year in our city, I believe there were two homicides related from a domestic violent relationship. This year already, now of course we're almost at the end of the year, but there have been 11 homicides. So it is definitely something that is on the rise. Um, we're also seeing more victims of human trafficking, and we serve those individuals at Harbor House as well.
1: Oh, I hadn't heard those statistics. Wow, that is mm-hmm. that is alarming. And uh, it is very alarming. Again, this is another another uh, another challenge. that's it's not easy because you do have uh, a relationship between human beings, and I know that uh, in the abusive that's situation right. that we can, I've done entire programs on the abusive situation and how that affects. Uh, people in their families, not just women, right? But the uh, entire family, right?
2: It, it really does. And last year, we I think Harbor House took around twelve thousand crisis calls. So just you know, looking at that, twelve thousand people called in um, because they were um, experiencing domestic violence. That is very significant.
1: Okay. Now, now. Uh, how do you get folks out of Harbor House and, and back into mm-hmm. the community? You just don't open the sure. door and say bye-bye, do you? No, <laughs> no.
2: So we have um, we actually have 12 rooms at Harbor House. And so we can house um, individuals or um, usually um, women with children in, in Harbor House as well. So the first thing that we do when somebody comes into shelter is create a safety plan because obviously they are fleeing from a very dangerous situation. That's the very first thing that we do. And then our case managers work with, with our clients. Clients to develop what is a it's basically a, a personal service plan and in that service plan they will outline the goals the client has to meet before they are able to go back out into the community and be on their own and so, you know some of those goals are similar to what we talked about what we do at St. Anthony Family Shelter it's find employment it might be take a parenting class take a financial literacy class find affordable housing, figure out how to pay for back utilities. So after clients have kind of worked worked the program and have met the majority of their goals, then the case manager has the ability to decide if they are able to go back out into the community.
1: Sadly, the abuse story doesn't doesn't always have a happy ending. But, you know, it occurs to me that are there repeaters? I mean, do you have people who Mm -hmm. actually come back to you? Because I know that the problem goes on and on.
2: Yes, we, we have a lot of people who come yeah, back to us, yeah. you know. Um, domestic violence is, is something that deals with psychology as well. And so, you know, in order for somebody to flee for good, there's a lot of things that have to come together for that person to, you know, take that final step.
1: Right, right. Hey, you're listening to Issues 2023 on the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is Tracy Kennedy, Executive Director of Catholic Charities of Wichita. Now, uh. How does Catholic Charities pay the bills?
2: Well, that's a good question. So <laughs> we we have a, an operating budget that is just over $11 million, and that's for our 13 ministries. And we have three main revenue streams. We have grants, both public and private, philanthropic dollars, and client-paid fees. And so with all of that, we, we can sustain our operations.
1: Very good. Now, and what about fundraising activities? I know at least mm-hmm, uh, you have a, at least a couple, right, that I know of?
2: We do. So um, we have some smaller events that we may have supporters um, host on our behalf, and we have a year-end appeal that we mail out every year, which is a huge um, fundraiser for us. We do a special campaign called the Queen Bee for our shelters um, each fall, and um, we do a lot of just building of personal relationships to, um, you know, for people to support our efforts.
1: Tell me about Queen Bee. How does that work? Sure. How does that work?
2: Sure, sure. So the Queen Bee is actually a campaign. This year we had eight women who represented us and raised money on our behalf. So basically um, these women have an affinity for the shelters, Harbor House and St. Anthony Family Shelter. They spread the good word about the work that we do there, and then they ask for people to support the shelters. Um, and this past year, um, just in the last few weeks, we raised almost $200,000 through our Queen Bee campaign.
1: Wow. Wow, that's that's, a that's lot. amazing. That's a lot of honey. <laughs> oh.
2: Yes, it is. That's so, right.
1: Sorry for the pun there. But, uh. No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> tell us tell us about uh, support from the local business community.
2: Sure. Um, so we do have businesses that um, support us year after year. And, and uh, most of our efforts, we have a lot of matching, um, match partners who will come up with a match. So people will... Um, essentially their gifts will be doubled. Um, We do, I will admit, we have some work to do with um, getting better connected with the business community. And I think some of that is just um, getting out there and educating people about who we are and what we do.
1: Uh, I want to talk about just a couple of services or programs that you do. Of the so many, Mm -hmm. what about, uh, tell me about support for veterans.
2: Sure. So our um, SSVF, Program, which is support services for veteran families, is a program where we f- find housing for homeless veterans. And um, this is one of our more complicated ministries because, quite honestly, it's not just finding housing. We might have vets who come to us who have no identification; they ha- they have no paperwork. We have to, so we have to kind of start from ground zero before we're actually able to, oh. um, you know, get them to the final step of finding, you know, getting yeah. them moved into housing.
1: All right. What about uh, uh, Adult Day Services? What is that? So,
2: so Adult Day Services is a day program for adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities, as well as seniors with uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, loneliness, or frailty. And so it's basically a place um, where... Um, our participants can come and they, you know, get to engage in social activities. They get to uh, engage in community activities. And it's a place, too, where, you know, the caregivers can actually um, know that they're the ones they love are in good and caring hands and they can get some respite
1: themselves. Is that in just one, one physical location or do you have a, a satellites on that?
2: It is in one physical location. Okay. So, just a few years ago, we did a large capital campaign um, to buy and renovate a building. So, we have a beautiful facility um, at, at a, um, on the sort of west west side of town. We can actually, our capacity is we could have up to two hundred participants in that program, and we are still growing. We have about hundred and fifty who are enrolled right now.
1: So, what kind of things do they find when they come in there? Are there Social well, activities, to, games? Work, work oh, out. sure,
2: sure. We have an activities director. Yeah. So we, we have several different classrooms. And so we might have, you know, 10 to 15 individuals in one classroom. And, and yes, it's, it's very social. We have activities. We do community outings as well, which is a big deal. Everybody loves that. Um, but, for example, you know, we're doing a Christmas program here next week. Um, the facility itself has a beautiful courtyard in the middle of it. So sometimes when somebody just needs to cool off a little bit, or just need some fresh air, um, we know our particip- participants can go in there and get some fresh air and swing, and we can, you know, keep an eye on them. We also have a beautiful recreation area for our participants, and so, you know, lots of things they can do outside. In the summer, we have splash pad- pads and things like that.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, yeah, a lot of fun. <laughs> hey, tell us about the uh, Foster Grandparent Program. I'm a grandparent. Sure. I'm, yes, uh, yes. I'm interested so, in that. Tell me.
2: Sure. The Foster Grandparent Program, and this is one of the ministries that I was probably most confused about when I first started, but But basically, we take seniors and we match them with um, schools or locations that um, have children with exceptional needs. So we have grandparents in a lot of the 259 schools. We have grandparents at our own shelters as well. And so they work one-on-one with these kiddos as well as within groups, and they help them in the school environment, learning how to read and things like that. Um, The key here is, though, is the grandparents actually are um, low income, so they have to meet a financial threshold, and then they receive a for the work that they do in the program.
1: Okay. Do you have to do an venting or training on something like that?
2: Oh, the, yes. Okay. So yeah. Foster Grandparent Program is actually grant funded through the AmeriCorps, and there's a lot of background checks that we have to do, intensive training, um, professional development opportunities as the years go on for the grandparents as well.
1: Yeah. Do you have any idea how many uh, foster grandparents you have in your foster grandparent core right now?
2: So I can tell you we don't have enough.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, a, that's an honest answer. Not enough. Yes.
2: Okay. So, um, you know, we are finding there are more and more needs for foster grandparents, but we're also finding that foster grandparents or people in that age group are actually not available as they were in the years past. A lot of people are actually providing daycare for their own grandchildren, mm. which makes, oh, m- yeah. makes, you know, basically our, our market or our pool um, shrink. So it, it's, it's been a challenge of trying to figure out who, where we can recruit.
1: You know, you you just mentioned something that is today. I understand it's a huge problem uh, for our community and others, and that is uh, finding affordable child care as people mm-hmm. go to work and try to fill these jobs we have open. Uh, is there anything that Catholic Charities is doing with, with uh, child care, things like that?
2: Well, not right now, but it is in the back of our mind. Well, bet
1: so I was going to say, it's about something you're probably going to be planning about because it's big. Right, right. Yeah. And so,
2: <laughs> I mean, with our clients, I mean, most of them need to find affordable child care and yeah. it's just not available. Wow. And so, and, and for our staff as well. So um, we may do some exploring into that arena, but of course, you know, with child care, there's lots of regulations. And and even if we decide to do it, I mean, the first thing we would need to look at is, it, would we be able to sustain the ministry?
1: Right. So, so,
2: you know, in the future, it may be something that we're able to offer, but not at this time.
1: What is, uh, what's Cana Counseling?
2: Cata Counseling is a psychotherapy practice. Ooh. So we have registered therapists there who help people who are struggling with um, mental health issues or just need support in, you know, different ways.
1: What kind of uh, immigration services do you offer, Casey?
2: We have a very successful and busy immigration services um, ministry, so we help people who have permission to be in our country. We help with employment authorization, visas, travel permits, adjustment of statuses, and naturalization. Mm -hmm. And um, we actually have one caseworker who just became fully accredited through the Department of Justice, and she can basically do everything that an immigration attorney can do for clients. So that has really um, uh, boosted our business, if you will.
1: Do you assist with uh, disaster recovery at Catholic Charities? We do,
2: we do. So we, one of our 13 ministries is disaster recovery. Um, when there's a disaster, for example, a couple years ago when we had the Andover t- tornado, United Way comes in and they actually manage it, but then Catholic Charities um, provides case management service. So that's what we did after the Andover tornado. Uh,
1: what's on the? What's on your planning for the future? What's on the, on the big planning board there? Anything? Well,
2: the big planning board is um, to keep doing what we're doing, but do it better. Um, <laughs> we want to become an employer of choice, and um, we want to be able to meet all the barriers that our clients come to us with. Go get, and
1: not to interrupt, one of my big—I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, please. One of your one of
2: my priorities is, as we mentioned before, we don't just serve Catholics, so we need to gain support from outside the Catholic community, and that is one of the priorities that I have personally.
1: Do you have a staffing problem? Uh, everybody seems to have we can't get enough workers. Are you having that kind of problem?
2: We do. We have a staffing. Wow. We have 24 open positions right now. Really? And, yes, we have 115 um, employees and we have 24 open positions, and, and it is a huge issue for us.
1: What kind of what service, social workers or special specialties, anything like that?
2: Most definitely, especially. So um, where we have the majority of our openings are at adult day services and, and in our shelters. So um, most of the time, it's people who have a, a passion for the work we do are the people that we uh, we employ. So, um, you know, it's and they do hard work, Steve. It's hard work what we do. And so it takes a special person to fill those positions.
1: OK. And uh, do you need volunteers? I'll bet you do. <laughs> oh, yes.
2: Yes. We need lots of volunteers. So we actually, our ministry, our daily bread, um, we have one staff person there and it's completely run by volunteers. So we need regular volunteers. We need groups of volunteers. You know, we have people who come up and, you know, clean up our landscaping grounds at the shelters and things like that. So yeah. and I like to tell people, um, you know, if somebody comes to us and they want to volunteer and we don't have, you know, something specific for them to do, we'd love to work with them to figure out, you know, where their passion lies and where they could help us excuse me
1: best way to contact you for any of best these things. way to
2: contact us is to look at our website catholiccharitieswichita.org or okay. give us a call um our office number is 264-8344 and um you know anybody who would like to to join us in our in our mission we would love to hear from
1: do you could you tell me what what is maybe the one biggest challenge that the catholic charities faces right now
2: well, of course, um, probably like most, most other nonprofits, it's funding. You know, when we're looking at our staffing sor- shortage, we know that we have to be able to compensate people well. And so, you know, a lot of it does just come back to funding. And so we need to make sure that our three funding streams are still appropriate. We need to grow those funding streams. And, um, you know, if, if we want to keep doing the good work that we're doing.
1: What, uh, what gets you out of the bed in the morning, Tracy? What, what, what motivates you? Mm -hmm. to do your work
2: um you know we are all called to serve the poor and what gets me out of bed is just thinking about all those people that we serve every day and it may not be significantly but even just the little wins that we have um that's really what gets me out of bed every day And, and i will you know the people who work directly in our ministries they are amazing. And so I, I try to think of them every day and, and the hard work they do.
1: Well, listen, thanks for being with us. Our guest is Tracy Kennedy, Executive Director, Catholic Charities of Wichita. That's all for this edition of Issues 2023. I'm Steve josh and we will see you next week. Thank you, Tracy.